Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to the Vagistine Podcast. It's Vanessa here, and it's been a really, really long time. So I wanted to start off with um, just this intro because it's been a while, and you know, we communicate. So I took a hiatus um, over the summer because I just had to, you know, and at first it was really hard for me to come to terms with that because I think, you know, when you produce or you, you know, you're an artist or however you want to classify yourself and you put stuff out, um, sometimes you feel the need to constantly, constantly put yourself out there, constantly produce, constantly think about things. And for me, that was becoming stressful. And so I had to just step back. And the reason for that um, is because, you know, I care about you know, what we're talking about. I care about the product that I'm putting out. And I was starting to feel like my creativity was waning. So I decided that, you know what, I need to take a break. And as y'all know, this is a one woman podcast, meaning that, you know, I have to find the guests. I have to you know, record the episodes, edit the episodes, post the episodes, do the social media around the episodes. And that sounds all fun and dandy, but it does start to take a toll, especially if you, you know, work a nine to five or you have other projects going on, or you're trying to, you know, nurture your other relationships and, you know, trying to have a balanced life of exercise and eating good and just really taking care of ourselves. And so, I say all this to say, you know, sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to step back. And sometimes we need to just say like, you know what, I'm tired. And that's where I was. I was just so tired. And when I'm tired, I'm cranky and I don't get creative. And the way that I work best is when I'm in my most creative zone and I'm able to harness my energy to be able to like give y'all fun interviews or give y'all interesting topics or you know, find fun people that we're able to, you know, dig deeper and explore things with. So I appreciate y'all respecting the hiatus. I appreciate y'all reaching out and being like, um, hi, Thursdays, what's good when you coming back? And, you know, and sometimes I think for me, the lessons learned from this process is that there are going to be a couple of changes on the podcast. So gotta let y'all in. So the podcast is not going to run year-round anymore. We're going to be doing the podcast in seasons. So that helps me in making sure that I can see the break coming. Y'all, you know I love going on some vacation, and I love some self-care, and I love getting away, and I love taking a break, and I love naps. So running it on a season basis, um, like some podcasts do, allows me to put, you know, get our episodes out and then take some time where I can like take a break. But also during that break, not only am I taking care of myself, but I'm also doing the work to put on events and doing the work to find us new and amazing um, guests and making sure I can fit those guests in and schedule those guests because I do all of that stuff too and making sure that we're interviewing them and you know, accommodating for if anything happens with that guest. And so um, it just allows me to have the time to plan, which was starting to not happen. Um, And 
and you all deserve better than that. And um, you deserve when you listen to the show that, you know, my hope is that, you know, you're learning something, you're having courageous conversations, you're taking the lessons and sharing them with other people. And, you know, you tell friends about it because, duh, hopefully it's that bomb where you're like, oh, wait, listen, we was talking about such and such and such and such. And you know what? This also let me know that what I need and my love language is affirmations. And so it felt really good when I wasn't... um you know, doing this podcast and doing events, I completely let everything go this summer because I just couldn't and I just didn't have the capacity and I just didn't want to. And sometimes we have to be brave enough to just say, I'm tired and I don't want to, and I'm gonna get back to that when I'm ready. And so I learned that getting notes from y'all or emails or um, DMs from y'all saying like, hey girl, like where you at? Or hey girl, I really love, uh, you know, I'm going back and listening to all the episodes and I really love X, Y, and Z. Sometimes when you're doing stuff like this, it seems like you're out there and you're just kind of like, all right, well, who's listening? Or does this stuff matter? Or am I, is there a reason to be doing this? Or should I end this? And, you know, encouraging words, love notes, thoughts, opinions, even if you're like, I wasn't really feeling that, you know, all of that goes a long way because, you know, it's the engagement and, um, it's the knowing that like, all right, like somebody's out there, somebody's listening and, you know, this is resonating with someone. So I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be having these courageous conversations with y'all. I'm excited to, you know, have um, our our healthy debates with the mansplainers. I'm, you know, ready to do more workshops. I'm ready to bring y'all new and creative events. And so look out for those. Um, I'm super excited. We got, you know, we got a few coming up. So give me a few weeks. You'll see them out on my social media at Vazistein on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, And since we're starting off brand new, go ahead, if you've been listening for a while, go ahead and post a review, post up the stars, wherever you listen to this podcast, please leave a review because it enables others to find the podcast and it helps with generating more listeners to come over and have these courageous conversations with us. If you write, if you blog, if you do podcasts, if you go to a college, um, if you run a group, if you, whatever, I will come and write and make, I will do your interview. I will have you write about the Vagistine podcast because, you know, for me, this is important and I think it's important for you all as well. And spreading the word, you know, helps and it helps in just like generating just more of the conversation, the content, and it just helps more people be engaged in making sure that we are having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. So leave a review, tell a friend, write about it, text about it, just, you know, get everybody on board. If you're listening to the podcast, you can use the hashtag Vagisteam. Um, you can use the hashtag Podden to let others know 
you know, what you think about the episodes. And for those who show nothing but mad love and for those who drop the coins and um, support me through Patreon or just send me random donations on PayPal, which you can find on the website at badgestine.com, I'm super appreciative. And I appreciate your support. I appreciate your love. I appreciate y'all listening. And I can't wait to start off on this new season with y'all. So take this as a lesson for yourself. If you need to disengage for a little while, if you just got to like sit and just like I did for a couple of weekends and just like sit and just like binge Greenleaf, I don't know, whatever, Handmaid's Tale, all of that, uh, living single, you know, you just got to do it. And sometimes your body, it's really important for me as I'm learning and I'm getting older to listen to my body and listen to what I want to do because when I'm at my best you get the best and I can't wait to see where this journey continues so per usual if you have any questions and you want them answered on the podcast we do have making sure that we're giving more time to question episodes make sure you send them to badgestine at gmail.com so you have a list of things to do here you know we got emails to send you got writings to do, you got people to tell, and you have ratings to give for the podcast. So please, please, please do all those things. I'd be super appreciative. Drop some coins, tell a friend, and uh, most importantly, subscribe to the podcast so that you know when it's coming out every week. So our first episode back, we have a fan fave Luna Matatas. So I decided to come back with a little bang or a squish or a splash, as you might say, because today we are talking about squirting. And <laughs> I, you know, a lot of us want to learn how to do it. And I always think talking about all things vagina are fascinating, interesting, of course. Um, but I also think Luna is just so amazing. She brings all the personality and Luna's such a great guest because when she brings the personality, I bring the personality, we bring the laughs and it's always a good time. So talking about squirting, feel free to use hashtag squirting, hashtag Vagistine, hashtag Vagistine squirts, whatever you need to do to get that conversation going. I'm down for it. So y'all enjoy this episode. Let me know your thoughts. And remember to follow Vagistine on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hit me up. I'm always posting something. I can't wait to continue these courageous conversations. And let's do this season. I don't know. We've been doing this for three years now. So, boom. Whatever season you want to prescribe to it, we're doing it. So, I'll talk to y'all later. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. podcast it's Vanessa here and today we are talking about squirting with Luna hey Luna hey <laughs> so I was, trying to, I, was, I was trying to come up with all the other words for squirting in that pause but I couldn't I couldn't like think of them I was like female ejaculation is that what other people say or do we just call it f- squirting so I yeah, yeah. Female ejaculation's good, or you know, wetter is better. <laughs> so-
so we have so we have Luna on the podcast again. You are a crowd favorite. So when I said that you were coming on after this Vagisteam hiatus, everyone was like, oh my gosh, she's my fave. I can't wait. So you you are a crowd favorite out here. You teach us the things in such a loving and fun way, which is, I mean, how I feel about you. So I'm assuming that's why the people love you. So I had to, of course, bring you back on to talk about something that you know, some of us are embarrassed about, but some of us are super excited to learn about. And which better teacher than, that we have than our own Luna Matatas? So thank you. <laughs> I love when you scream my name. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> and I'm so happy to welcome you back from your hiatus. Yay. I love being on your podcast Aww. and I wear my big clit energy shirt all the time. You? All oh my time. gosh. <laughs> that means so, oh my God, that means so much. You, you. So for those who haven't ever tuned in before, or for those who are new, who are you? What do you do? Well, I am um, a sex and pleasure educator, and I'm based out of Toronto, Canada. And I, I teach all kinds of stuff. So squirting is one of my favorite things to teach, too. But I teach things around kink and threesomes. Um, we were talking about butt stuff last mm-hmm. time also. <laughs> and uh, I do in-person workshops, and then I'm lucky enough that I can also do um, online workshops. So I teach and talk with people from all over the world around getting more pleasure into their lives and shoving out shame into the wind so that we can just like do what feels good for us. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. So on our topic today, we're talking about squirting, you know, whether it's better, all of those things. So what got you into teaching about squirting? Um, So I was in my early 20s and I was living in the suburbs of Toronto and I saw a workshop downtown that said G-spots and squirting. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to take two buses and a subway and I'm going to find out how to do this. And it was mind blowing for me because I'd never really thought about my vaginal fluids in a way that... Um, was embracing of them as as erotic. I just kind of thought, okay, like I know people talk about like vagina smell and what there's my panty stain and there's this. And so it was really empowering to kind of learn about something that was um, erotic and sexual and pleasurable that my my body could do but hadn't done yet. Um, And then I actually didn't start teaching squirting until um, I experimented and explored with my own body. And um, I really got an understanding for what the motions are and the pressure and the sensations and what squirting actually looks like because I had only seen it in porn. And mm-hmm. so when I didn't shoot, you know, fluid across the room to paint a wall, I was like, wait, did I squirt? Like, is that squirting? What happened? And so I, I love teaching it also because so many of the sex toys that are marketed for people with vulvas are focused on G-spot stimulation and, and also um, with the promise of squirting. So I was like, you know, there's a lot of money people are spending to try and get to this kind of orgasm. Hell like, let yeah. me see if I can help out with some education. Hell yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, this has been a topic that I'm, you know, that I'm fascinated with. I also think that like our general public is just fascinated with this topic because Every I feel like every single year, and the research I was doing before this show, it seemed like there's been 
studies since like 1980s where people have been trying to figure out like what this is, what this isn't, how do you do it? And I mean, for me, when it came down to it, I've, I've squirted once in my life and it's been amazing. It's happened through, you know, fingering, which, you know what? Amazing. You know what? We leave fingering behind in high school at times, but you know what? We got to bring that shit back. Fingering is weird. Agreed. We need a fingering comeback. Because <laughs> I feel like people are like, we don't do things like that anymore. That was when we couldn't use our penises and our, you know, our strap-ons and our whatever. Like, I feel like, I feel like we let the fingers go. So I'm, I'm all yeah. for bringing the fingering back. But I feel like the questions around squirting have always been around, you know, what is this mystery fluid? Ew, are you peeing on people? And when it came down to it for me, I feel like one, whenever we're talking about fluids that come out of penises, we don't give as much question to that. I feel like I don't see as much stuff around, around semen. I, I feel like I see like a lot of stuff around like, oh, it's proteins that your body creates. <laughs> but like we go into this deep dive analysis for some reason, when it comes to, you know, vaginal fluids, when it comes down to whatever squirting fluids are, and it, it really just, I don't know, it, it just drives me nuts. Because for me, it comes down to, hey, so when that thing happened or when it came out of your body, did it feel good? Yes or no? I don't care if it's pee, if, it, if it's another fluid, if it's whatever, as long as it feels good. And that's where I kind of stand on that. What do you think? Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I yeah. think there's so much um, information that creates insecurities and, and feelings of like self-judgment for people with vulvas when we're talking about fluids or sense or function. Right. And especially when it comes to pleasure, the medical community has, you know, huge gaps in really connecting um, what all of our reproductive uh, parts involved is actually do for our sexual pleasure. And and so often we don't have as much access to really good science, really good education, really good awareness about functions of pleasure like squirting. Right. And and so you're right. Like, and I mean, the, the semen, the penis has one hole. And so everything's coming out of that <laughs> hole and nobody's worried about if, you know, he is coming through with the semen. So <laughs> exactly. it, it doesn't actually make sense except from a perspective of like more shame into building up the insecurity of, of people with vulvas and, and, you know, probably designing some products for us to buy so I can smell like lavenders and taste like roses. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I just, it's like, we never, I've never seen a study break down all like just in the mainstream. Like I've never seen it hit my timeline. If I'm going to say mainstream about all the components of semen and this is what you need to know. And ewe, ewe, like it doesn't become the same. And so I even feel like last year I was on my Facebook and I feel like every year somebody's trying to determine like, yes, that is P. No, it isn't P. <laughs> Get, like give it a break and so the way that I because um in our in our questions that are coming on later on in the show the way that I describe it whenever I'm teaching a workshop I always so I go through the I, I talk about how there are similar like prostate tissues between people that male you know male-bodied people and, and people who have a vagina 
And I basically talk about that there are skeins glands or periurethral glands that are located at the front wall of the vagina. And basically when there's blood pushing through the layer of, of water in that blood comes through and pushes out. That's the way I describe it. But there's also like, like we were talking about before we started recording, there's a ton of science like that just goes back and forth and back and forth. How do you unscientifically <laughs> describe it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the way that, that you describe it is, is the best um, kind of accessible science for people and just sort of understanding that, you know, it, it's close to the urethra. Yeah. And so that's involving all of the, the nerves of like the bladder there. And um, and that it's, it's surrounded by tissue that gets right. erect when and filled up when we're aroused and so lots of people um can't find their g-spot unless they're really aroused yeah and 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 we also know that lots of, of women are having sex and and not that aroused or but, or not that in their body come on somebody and so it can be hard right like if you're looking for something and you're like well i'm lubricated enough to be having sex but like are you in it yeah like are you like <laughs> really like soaking up this moment and you know, most of our um, kind of experience when we're trying something new or when we have like a goal, you know, whether it's thinking or squirting or um, whatever it is, like we, we tend to focus on the technique and we forget that the other person has like an entire body. And, and so, you know, you're like going to town, trying to find this walnut sized thing and oh. inside their anterior wall of their vagina. Right. And, you know, but they've got breasts and they've got, uh, you know, tummies and they've got thighs yeah. and they've got... You know, like they maybe they're like dirty talk or eye contact or and, and sometimes inviting our partners to like really just relax and just be curious about what the sensation is like and like tell me like does that feel good like do you need it a little bit harder or softer right. or do you need a little break like giving people permission for their body to like do what it needs to do as you try out these techniques right. or if you're trying them on yourself and that just makes it a, then you're just having good sex. Right. Right. Like. <laughs> right. And I think letting people just, I think sometimes when we put so much pressure on ourselves to do a thing that we saw, like, I think that, yeah. I think that creates too much anxiety. One, your body is not going to do the thing. So there's really no point in going there. If you are just like in your head, not breathing, not engaged, and just trying to show out this thing that you saw when, I feel, and, you know, let me know if you disagree, I feel like a lot of the images that we see in porn are not, are, they're not, they're not necessarily always true. And so some articles that I've read have talked about how um, folks in porn might fill up their, um, fill up um, a douche with, with a ton of water, and then they hold on to that, contract their muscles, and they squirt all this fluid out. And I know personally, when I squirted, it was like, it was um like a milky fluid that just like bloop, like it just like that's the, I don't even know I don't even know, I don't even know like the the motion for it but it just like boop it just like came out and so it wasn't like this like I'm gushing it's happening it was it was like a milky thick fluid that came out and I was like yeah that felt good like it just it felt good. It wasn't this dramatic, like, watch me work, five, four, three, two, one, here we go. It's coming out as we see <laughs> as we see it. With like a bullseye on exactly. your partner's face. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then there's an end and we're both heavy breathing and looking at each other. Like it it's it, it was it was not like that in my experience. And I feel like sometimes we're trying to mimic 
these images that are not even, that are not even true. And that's where I feel like we can get messed up on a lot of these, um, on even just even trying, trying squirting. Yeah, I think I think porn is it can be super hot and it can inspire erotic creativity or fantasy, um, but it's not education. And, yeah. and so often I think that's the only place that we're getting education yes. from. And so we think that our bodies have to do that thing and we forget that these are performers, they're mm-hmm. actors and, you know, there's editing and then there's, right. you know, maybe tools on site and there's like, you know, hours long cuts or um, filming. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're not a performer, <laughs> right. then, then we got to get a little bit more realistic about um, what the possibilities are. And, and like you said, like you had a great orgasm, like you remember this thing, you remember the, the bloop, uh, you know, the, <laughs> like your <your're> fluid. <laughs> Um, and I think some people also have an expectation, um, like they forget that there's other vaginal fluids and other types of ejaculate going yes. on too. And so that milky kind of fluid is very common for some people. And then for other people, it, it does have more of a, a clear um, urine-like consistency yeah. where, where it's a, a bigger kind of gush. Right. Um, but I think, you know, the, the important thing to also know is that um, G-spots or orgasms and ejaculation in both men and women are separate events. And so they occur like seconds together, usually mm. for people with penises. Um, but for, for us, we could have a, a G-spot orgasm without squirting and we right. could squirt without having a G-spot orgasm. Boom. Um, so some people kind of get hung up on that. It's supposed to be like a higher level, like you're up-leveling your orgasm, yes. but it's just different. It's just different. That's, yeah. oh, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because that's one of the things I was at an event a few months ago and this woman stopped me at the, at the end of the event uh, of the event. And she's like, Oh, I just keep having these clitoral orgasms and I feel like my body should be doing more. And I was just staring at her and I was like, well, what are you talking about? She was like, well, they talk about all these different other things that my body can do. And I was like, are you having a good time? And she was like, yes. And I was like, you do, and I I had to, you know, and I think that's where it goes into like, in talking about anatomy, which I know we're going to get into later on when we start talking about how to actually do this. But I was like, well, Mm -hmm. the clitoris is the, is, is, is where, is not just the, the, the piece of the nub or the, you know, pea size shape or the thumb size shape organ that we see sticking out of our bodies. It has a network of nerves that go all, you know, that go down and they go, it goes backwards into your body. And so basically the way I saw it was like, you're activating, it doesn't matter what type of orgasm you're having, it's all tied to this clitoral network and it is where yes. all the nerve endings are and you're reaching a I, I like to think about it as like the roots on a tree. Basically this this network is activated and you're just activating different roots around the same tree, all giving you the same great, loving, wonderful, pleasurable result. But again, I think that I like how you said it's the experience it's just different rather than it being the thing that we need to focus on because I feel like that's where the pressure comes in. And then that's just where all of this stuff that doesn't really matter comes in. Like, are you having a good time? Did it feel good? And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's what I feel like it should be. Yeah. I feel the same way. Cause I think 
most of our sex that that many of us are having is is orgasm focused anyway and so yeah. if we're adding the extra layer of like a specific kind of orgasm <laughs> it, it becomes to feel like well if I'm a performer I should get paid like right. what are we doing right. <laughs> 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 if I have support for you <laughs> questions that I got everybody was like but wait how how do I do it how do I do this okay I think one of the the best things is um to empty your bladder before you get into your you know squirt search Mm. like before you get down for things empty your bladder give yourself peace of mind that you know you're not gonna pee um I think also having your space set up so that if you are worried about mess, if you're worried about who's going to sleep in the wet spot after, you know, put down some towels or disposable puppy pads. I use a mattress pad um, on my bed all the time. Um, but then I also put down like a waterproof blanket or those incontinent blankets. They're not cute, but you know, they're, they work. Um, (laughs) and that way you don't, you can empty your head of anything that is going to potentially distract you from just enjoying the moment. Um, and then the next thing is, I mean, if, um, if it's accessible to you and it's your body that we're playing with to kind of put your own fingers in there and see if you can feel where your G spot is. And so it's going to be the, the anterior wall, so the front wall of the vagina, so up towards the belly button. Um, and your fingers are going to not be in any more than maybe like two knuckles, maybe even one knuckle in for mm. some people, depending on their anatomy. For some people, they find it easier to squat and then kind of like feel around so that your anterior wall is a little bit more pushed forward. Mm. Other people like it on their back with um, maybe some pillows under there. Uh, lower back so that you're angled in a way that makes the g-spot really easy to access and those fingers are it's less of like a a pointy kind of um or a jammy into it (laughs) you're not sort of like you know trying to unstick your g-spot um you're kind of putting your fingers in and the g-spot relies on kind of consistent um massage pressure and so um having two fingers is actually better because you're getting you're using the cushion pads of your fingers to maximize the pressure onto the g-spot and figuring out what works for someone could involve that circular motion it could involve more of that come hither but you're always sort of pulling out instead of jamming in and i know a lot of porn shows like this jamming punishment kind of penetration right how does, your, um, how does your vagina not dry up? Like, every time I see that stuff in porn, I'm like, oh, my vagina's dry. I don't want it. Thank you. Bye. I know. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh okay, God. Like, bye. Like, bye. 
I got to die that time. Yeah, I'm sorry for, I don't know. Sorry I don't for know. interrupting you. It's just so violent. Like, I am a person. Damn. Ugh. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, you know, I know. I'm a person, not a porno. I have to say that so many times on dating sites. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh, you bring God. a good point. Like use lube, and lots of people sometimes say, "Oh, I'm wet enough. I don't need lube." It doesn't matter. Lube yeah. just helps you have a longer and a different type of yes. uh, lubricant or sensation or texture. Yeah. That who cares? Like if it if it feels better and it allows you to um, take care of your your vaginal tissue and your vaginal wetness, then then use lube. Right. Um, and I think there are some great G-spot toys out there that can help people. And I used to only be able to squirt um, on my own with a toy, and I couldn't do it with a partner. And sometimes that's our just our, our physical presence in the moment, and sometimes it's an emotional kind of relaxing thing, mm. like there's the pressure to perform this thing, and I couldn't get over you know my head in that moment. Um, so any of the G-spot toys that are that are out there, whether you want a vibrator or you just want something that um, is curved in the right direction, um, it can be a great place to start. Like my $29.99 vibrator is <laughs> the one that I go to mm. all the time because it's curved for G-spot. And, and so it's great even if I'm using it externally or I'm using it internally for, for masturbation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is, is like, you have to be aroused. And, and so getting that, whatever is going to do it for you. So set the mood. Is it lighting? Do you have your like nasty playlist? Do you have, uh, <laughs> you know, are you wearing like something cute? Like, even if you're just masturbating, you know, it's, it's still for you. It's to get you in the headspace. It's to get you in the mood um, so that you can be receptive to whatever pleasure is going to come from this. Oof. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking I know, about. I know. I need a squirting playlist. <laughs> I love it. I just, yeah, I think that, I, I think everything you said was was spot on. I think that, yeah, the relaxing piece, that not, let not, I think for me, I feel like the biggest, whenever I tell people like the things you need to pay attention most uh, when you're having sex or doing any type of play is literally just being in that moment and breathing your way mm. through it and and just being there because when we start letting all that external stuff like am i going to pee you know that just really clamps you up and then that sensation is 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 sometimes your signal like here it comes oh yeah come it and then you're like nah like your body just does that and i yeah. and i feel like your brain is your biggest is literally your biggest sex organ and so when your brain is not you know, feeding into like that, like, oh yeah. Like I do a lot of self-talk in my head when I'm, when I'm having sex, I'm like, girl, you about to, you better. Yeah. You gonna <laughs> ride that. Yes, you are. Like it helps because it helps me personally, because it's like, it gets me more in that moment. I'm not thinking about the radio. I'm not thinking about, you know, you know, what, if there's TV playing in the background, it helps me be one with like my pleasure and where I'm going and what I want to do and where I want to go. And it blocks all that other stuff out for me. So I think, you know, doing our breathing, being fully there and just being also, I think, forgiving of your body. Like you can try, try, try. And if it's not going like, okay, like, all the other sensations still matter and all that other feel good, the touch and the rubbing, the what you're wearing, the all the other stuff is part of the experience. And I think we oftentimes 
shut our own selves down when we're not um, fully engaged or fully in the moment or looking for just the, you know, the full spectrum of pleasure that we can get. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's so much goodness in, in just giving ourselves like a little bit less pressure. And, and some people may enjoy G-spot stimulation because it just feels good and they yeah. may not get to um, a squirting orgasm that way. And some people, it may not do anything for them. So the what we're kind of shown in porn is, is not representative of the diversity of people's bodies and desires and arousal. Um, and so sometimes when we get close to that sensation of feeling like we're going to pee, we back off. Yeah. Like, we just kind of like hold back. And I found that for me, for, for squirting, there is, um, for some people, um, a a bearing down can kind of cue Mm. your head to a bearing down of like with your, your Kegel muscle, the muscles that you would use, um, um, even like during bowel movements or during urination, um, that bearing down can sometimes cue, your body to let go yeah and and you know but then a lot of us at that point are just worried we're just gonna piss on our partner and uh, <laughs> so sometimes you know our body's gonna push for it or we're gonna physically have a technique to get over it but our mind is gonna slow down any of that relaxation that we need to actually make it happen yeah yeah well here, here's my question about bearing down so i've i've read that you know, not forcing yourself to squirt is helpful because if you do too much bearing down, like say that you're like, I'm on this quest for squirts, here I go. And you're like he in it for like a month and you're just like bearing, squeezing, doing all the things that you can actually cause um, a bladder prolapse. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, yes. I've heard of that too. And if you talk to any pelvic floor therapist they'll also tell you um like if that's not how you normally orgasm then <laughs> to not go that way um so if your body is kind of like uses that for for pleasure then go for it but yeah like you I don't know if you can um I don't know how long it takes to cause a prolapse but yeah. um <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not uh, recommended if maybe you're at risk of that or if you're doing it frequently <laughs> that always it always freaks me out. Just, just side note. And I think, I think I'm like, so all about like the not bear down, like the, the strong, like I'm forcing myself bear down because, um, my aunt, um, she was, she's, she was way older, but she had, a, um, her uterus prolapse and that, wow. I had to like take her to the emergency room and like, I had to like hold like you know she was like walking and I was like holding her uterus like through her clothes as we were walking because I was like I can't it's so is it coming out like what is happening and so from that day like anytime someone says prolapse I'm like wait what okay yeah no nope don't want to do that (laughs) nope don't want to do that and just side note she was like 75 she probably hasn't been kegling for 40 years like I'm sure everything was was loose and ready, like to just you know do its thing. But it just, I yeah, I always tell people like yeah, like you're saying, like if you're not, if that's not your thing, like do not force your body to do this. Like be gentle with yourself. Like you do not want to hurt yourself while attempting to try and yeah. Squirt. Yeah, for sure. And for some people, um, even if they've emptied their bladder before sex they'll have to pee after sex and (laughs) so there is some 
knowledge that maybe the fluid is emptying um, back into the bladder and what we're expelling is during urination after sex is um, actually what we might have expelled if we had squirted mm. during sex. Okay, scientists, I so, see you. Come on, Luna. Yeah, I know, right? Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it just goes back to, you know, who cares, right? Like, right. Like, like right. what you're saying is like, well, who cares? If it happened to happen, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. If I peed the bed, great. If someone has to sleep in the wet spot, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but, like, did you have a good time? Like, are you feeling yourself? Yes. Like, is it is it, you know, something that you want to try again? Yeah. And that, you know what? I personally don't don't lay in the wet spot, y'all. I'm a good towel grabber. However, <laughs> you got to make sure you're having fun. That's that's just where I that's where I leave it. So, do you think yeah. we all have the capacity to squirt? Because I think that there's schools of thought out there that that's like some people do, some people don't. Some people have G spots, some people don't. Where what, what do you think? Well, so I've read, you know, varying things as well, and and anywhere from, you know, only ten to thirty percent of uh, people with vulvas ah, are are able to squirt. Um, and my theory is, is you know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, because even those people who are able to squirt, they may not be able to get their mind and body into a position mm. where they can actually do the thing. Um, and so, if it feels good for you, then then it'll it'll feel good. And sometimes it takes practice. Like if you're trying it, and you know you have some great G spot orgasm, or you just get aroused to the point where you feel that need to pee, and then maybe you go on to do something else that's sexy or come a different way, then then that's all right. And right. And so you may, um, you may experience the squirting and you may not, or you may experience like a trickle of something and you're not sure if it's squirt and that's okay too. I also find, you know, we're, our bodies are changing from all different kinds of, um, stressors or external influences or the fact that we're aging. So I didn't really discover squirting until I was in my thirties. Yeah. And you know, so I mean, it, it really sort of depends on, on where you at with where with your connection with your body as well and, and what you're experimenting with and and how you feel about, you know, the, some of the things that you're doing. So being with a partner where you might be worried that they're going to shame you for the mess mm. or, um, you know, if you have a hang up about masturbation, like it might be hard to explore your body on your own, yeah. which makes it hard for you to guide, you know, somebody else. Right. No, totally. Yeah, I I feel like the the jury's still out on that and it's like, yeah, just try it out. Give yourself some give yourself some grace. And you brought up something around being ashamed and making a mess. What do you say? What do you say to those people? Because I feel like that comes up a lot, like where people are not letting themselves go because they are worried that they are going to you know, you know, make a mess. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone, you know, regardless of of gender, like we all experience like lots of shame around what our bodies are doing during sex, but particularly people with vulvas, like there are entire industries that are designed to make us feel shameful about the fluids and scents that come out of our vagina. So I think it's understandable that we feel, um, you know, just not um, confident about what our bodies might do Mm. and and the mess that they might make. And so setting up the space is is only one 
uh, step in, in getting your environment more comfortable for you to let go and yes. removing some of those worries. I would also suggest like if you're doing it with a partner to say, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm entirely comfortable or confident about this. And if your partner says this to you to really affirm for them that yes. they can do whatever you just want to see them have a good time yes. you can't wait for your beard to be so you want to kiss <laughs> them with like your juices on their you know like really give it to them and give them permission to just do whatever their body's gonna Woo. do and having a partner like that is is wonderful and and sometimes we forget we forget to say like oh no it's gonna be so sexy just do it like yes. you do it you don't do it like I'm just happy to be down here I'm just happy to be between your thighs like you know, like le- allowing someone also free of expectation from, from the thing. Yes. And, and I think it's also about like not putting up with bullshit. So I had a partner, <laughs> um, a very temporary partner who, um, <laughs> who fingered me and I squirted. And, and then I was like, Oh, like want to eat me out? And, uh, he was like, oh, well, you know, if it had been, like, maybe before, but oh. now you're all kind of, like, messy. Oh. And I was like, oh. And then he was like, oh, but you can, like, go down on me. No, and I we good, like, fam. Or you We're could good. leave. Yeah. And <laughs> no, <we laughs> but I totally carried that with me. And even being, like, aware and, you know, we're so vulnerable during sex that something that someone says to us creates this imprint of shame. And, and so now I, I had started warning, like, hookups, like, hey, are you into squirters? Because I'm a squirter and I can't control it. So, you know, and uh, like, and now I'm just sort of, you know, that's not, that's not, those aren't the types of experiences that I, I want. And, and so being sure that you're curating an environment where your body yes. gets to be as comfortable as you are with it is, is really important. Absolutely. And there's not, you see, and then like you said earlier, when you were introducing yourself, there's nothing like shame that will mess up an experience. And there is no, I mean, that is not okay. I can't believe that person would say that. But, but yet, these are the same people that be trying to like come on people's faces and don't see anything wrong with it. Like, no, what are you? Yep. 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 What is wrong with you? And that's the thing. It's so. I feel like it's so freaking normalized for there to be like, you know, male ejaculate on your face and it's like, it's dripping down my nose and all this shit. And like, when it comes to just like, there's a lot of moistness here or I'm like really wet or I just squirted or whatever, then it's, you know, it's, it's this big, ah, I just, ah, I hate it. I just, I, mm. Thank goodness it was a temporary yeah, partner. It's, it's just what vaginas do. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. it's not like we just decided one day to, to make it work this way. Right. And so there's, it's really surprising to me when, um, you know, there's a difference between kind of also like if someone, if you're someone that wants to be comfortable with fluids, but you aren't, it's okay to also say that to your partner yeah. and, and to say like, Hey, like, you know, I just want you to know, like, I want to be down here, but I'm trying to get over this hangup I have and it's not. <laughs> You, you know, like, and I think vulnerability is so sexy because yeah. then it makes me more responsive. I right. can then affirm you where you need confidence, and you can affirm me where where I right. need confidence, and everyone's good. Right, and it's and it's like when you were like you're saying when I communicate with you that it's not you, it's me. Then all yeah. of that yuck or that wondering or that oh my gosh, are they flinching at me or are they looking at me? It's it it's it's a it's a little bit alleviated because now I know what's going on. You're not judging me or you're not side eyeing me or whatever it is. 
Um, and it makes me want to go deeper into what we're doing and more comfortable to do it next time rather than this. Oh no, I don't know what's happening. So, uh, Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just, yes, uh. all of that. Yeah. But then even the shame it's for me, it even brings up the shame around just, <laughs> if you don't have, if you don't have a wet vagina, then it's like, Oh God, you can't get wet. And then if your vagina is too wet, then it's like, uh, like you can't win here. If you can't, if you need lube, <laughs> if you need lube, then it's so called like, Oh, your pussy's dry. And like you old and all of these things, when there's a ton of different reasons why someone, you know, won't be able to self lubricate or, you know, don't have as much lubrication. And uh, I, I can't you like, you just can't win. You can't win up in here. Yeah. I, like, I, I think it. the only way to win is that we, we just have to be more unapologetic about our body. That's right. And, and just kind of being like, that's your shame. That's right. not mine. Like right. I'm okay with my fluids. I'm okay with my wetness. I'm okay where I'm at. Like, are you in or out? Right. This is the pussy you gonna get Monday pussy, yeah. Wednesday pussy. <laughs> what this, this is what you gonna get. Like stop. Ugh. All right, Lena. So I have some questions, some listener questions for you. Are you ready? Awesome. All I'm right. so ready. Yay! Okay, so I didn't I didn't check to see what these folks if I could use their names. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give different names to everybody. So if you're wondering if I'm reading out your question, I am. I'm just giving you a different name. So CC says, Hello, I'm a squirter and I have no idea where it comes from, which hole it comes out of, or what it's mostly made of, and how can there be so much of it? And that's in all caps. I try to convince myself I'm really <laughs> <laughs> I'm try- I try to convince myself that I'm really just peeing when I squirt. So sometimes I'm- I'll empty my bladder before coming. It makes no difference. It still comes out in volume. Would love to understand the act of squirting a little bit more. Thing is writing us from Ireland, Luna. Listen, international, okay? Oh I'm in here. my gosh. So- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So this is about where what hole it comes out of. What hole and it comes out so of much. and why there's so much. I guess I guess she's trying to understand how she can lessen the volume, if that's even possible as well. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and so the, the volume of, of squirt that comes out of someone uh, varies from, like, body to body. It's not all um, super heavy quantities. Um, but we do find that um, sometimes people know when they're about to, to squirt, so that, that sort of that, uh, urination feeling. And so if you don't want to squirt, then you can sort of play with edging and, and keep that intense sensation and that feel good of the G spot without actually, you know, taking and, and pushing yourself to the, the next level. And so edging is, is techniques where we're applying, you know, pressure that feels really good or whether it's a dildo or fingers or um, a vibrator or a penis. And, and when you're getting to that point, you kind of slow down or change up the direction of, of the stimulation so that your body is still you know, vibrating at that level, but it's not as close to climax as it was before. Yeah. I like it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's too much that you can do to reduce the volume other than just sort of giving it, you know, kind of controlling where it goes or sorry, the, the, um, the function or the pressure that, mm-hmm. that you're applying and, and how that does for someone. Um, I think it's, it's, if it's a, 
question of mess, like we've given some tips on, on how to manage that mess. But I know a lot of times for people, it's just about like, oh, like this is just like so much and it becomes such a big part of, of the sex. Um, for some people, they find that they don't squirt um, when there's something in the vagina that's making the vagina really full. And so whether that's a penis or a fist or um, it could even be um, a toy. And, and they find that it's kind of it squishes up against the urethra. And mm. so it's hard to release the fluid in, in that way. So you could try doing something that makes your vagina a little bit fuller and seeing if that helps you hold back a little bit. Ooh. All right, tips. I see you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next question uh comes from HC. So HC says, "Men make me feel like there's something wrong with me because I'm not a squirter." Is more is it is this more about their technique or is it something that I can control on my end? Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for this. Oh, I know. Well, love you too. <laughs> I love that you're asking these questions. Yes. Good for you. Um, because don't listen to like what men are saying about your body. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I think we're in this G spot conundrum around science because a lot of science doesn't listen to what women's experiences with their own bodies are. And so you you may feel like um G spot stimulation doesn't do that much for you, or maybe yeah. you get a G spot orgasm and you don't actually squirt. And that's okay too. And so it sounds like, you know, maybe um your partner or your partners have an idea of wanting to give you a specific kind of pleasure. And so what I would do in that situation is be like, yeah, like maybe it'll happen or maybe it won't, but let's see how, you know, how much fun we can have or how much sexiness we can have. Um, and, and just sort of leave it up to that. And so make it clear that, you know, you're having a great time and you're getting all kinds of, of fun and pleasure, but you're not necessarily going to, you know, squirt or, or expel fluid in that way. And there's lots of other stuff like happening. Um, it could, could also be technique because a, a lot of times guys are mimicking uh, what they've seen in porn or they're just so determined um, that it becomes it becomes pressure because it's just centering on that one erogenous zone and and so you may try playing up with positions see what you like in, in fingers versus penises um, to get a bit more accuracy maybe try um, using prompt or props so that you have your pelvis in a better angle to receive that pleasure um, and some people really like playing in doggy style as well because there's a little bit um, of that, um, a little bit more freedom and, and flexibility to also move your hips and your bodies. And you could even rock your body back against the fingers or the penis or the vibrator that's in you. Oh, girl. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You see, you already, you already taking me there. You already taking me there with all these visual uh, visuals. But when you said earlier about like, let me wet your beard, I was like, wait, let me go find. Well, um... <laughs> I love to wet a beard. You are always. We need to do an episode on face sitting. Bring Ooh. me back for face sitting. <laughs> Luna, how are you reading my list? That is so oh, girl. Listen, it is on my list. You know what? Thank you. You're it's already booked. We're gonna get it scheduled tonight. We got this. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at so a lot of our other questions. We got a lot of questions. Um, you know, because of course you're our favorite, and of course a lot of people want to know about this. And I feel like a lot of them we already answered, like 
there are questions here around like, is it true that everyone could squirt? Which I feel like we answered. Um, I have someone that is 46 years old, never had kids and they squirt a lot, but they feel that their squirting limits spontaneous sex with their partner and they want to know how they can control it. And I feel like you just answered that with the first question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's, it's tough to control it. Um, I mean, you could, a, a lot of times we, we think of spontaneous sex as, um, you know, sex that requires absolutely no planning. And, and I think that's not, that's not necessarily true. I mean, even in the days of early, you know, new relationship energy, like we were still planning, you were still grooming, you were still choosing cute underwear, you were still like thinking about stuff. And so, you know, we can kind of think ahead to what that mess might be like. And so if you want to have spontaneous sex, and you don't want to have to worry about the sheets, then I, I, you know, I love my uh, mattress pad for that reason. Like, I don't have to think about going to find the squirt blanket in the middle of everything, like, or the incontinence pad or whatever um if you're someone who's into you know sneaking away for semi-public sex that makes it a little bit more challenging because you're gonna you're gonna have a mess um and so it's just sort of like you know and maybe you there's also parts of us that um identify with squirting as really sexy when it's happening but Mm -hmm. then we lose the eroticism for it once the mess is there and so i'm sort of like that like i'm not into the wet spot my partner loves to sleep and smell the wet spot. oh no fam give me a towel i can't put my back on that and it's cold afterwards Uh uh-uh like in the moment it's like oh yeah look at all the slippery stuff and then it's like oh no my back it's cold nope so some Sometimes even being able to like neutralize that feeling can be a little bit helpful. Like maybe your partner licks it up off your thighs, like when you're done, or or maybe you know they use part of their clothing and and maybe they want to wear you or something like that. I don't know how nasty you are, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally into both of those things. You know, thank goodness for your partner who's out here trying to sleep in it. That is, it gets too cold afterwards. It is cold. Uh-uh. I agree. I, I agree. Can't, I can't have my bed. Like, by the time it's done, I'm like, all right, I want to get into bed. And now I just want to be warm. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm like, if you want to cuddle, cuddle, you have to come over to this side. <laughs> <laughs> I am not coming over there. <laughs> but, you know, and still talk and talking about this and just um, just thinking about what, what you just said about, like, the spontaneity, the spontaneity, the, you know, the spot, the et cetera. I'm going to have to drill down again. Like, first of all, if you're having, if you're having sex, (laughs) if you're having sex with, um, God, I'm trying to get all my, I'm trying to get all my vocabulary together to make sure I'm, I'm if you're having sex with a cisgender man and he ejaculates, right? You, you, you like if anyone has ever let anyone come inside them that shit is horrific like first of all you get up and then it like drips out and then it comes out in clumps and it's just it's such a mess but again no one i i have yet to hear the men out here like hey man like keep making a mess inside my girl and oh uh, when she walks out it just pops every oh uh, like it drop it drops in the toilet like it is not even like you can literally sneeze after sex and it comes out in just a ball. Like it is not, <laughs> it is, it's not cute. It's not cute. And it's this, like, if we're really talking about bodily fluids, like 
really the question becomes like whose bodily fluids are we afraid of? Because this question yeah. does not exist for men when we're having unprotected sex. Like that shit comes out and it is like in there. And then sometimes it still has the after effect where you might use the bathroom later and it's still you can like wipe and it's just like here's a blob, like it's there. So Yeah. It's it's just I mean this is this is me just getting on my like soapbox for five minutes but just even like as we're progressively having this conversation I'm like wait we have tons of these questions where people are like I don't want to make a mess and it's like I'm so glad we are so considerate out here but we don't think about the mess if we're having if we're having sex with men like we are not this question doesn't like we're not thinking about this like. Literally, yeah. if you are having unprotected sex, you do need to think about where your towel's at. You need to think about, like, where where all your stuff is. You got to think about, like, okay, am I going to be able to pee afterwards? There's just so many different things to think about in, as far as mess. But I, I do think, like, we do get, as women, we get caught up on this, like, we don't want to be gross. I don't want to be messy. I don't want to be this. When, again, that really prevents us from really getting ours and like really like having a pleasurable moment i totally agree and i i am fully in support of of this soapbox because (laughs) sorry um, i just threw it out there (laughs) i'm I'm on it too i think it's it's ridiculous that um that we forget for one moment that all of the shame that we learned around our bodies Mm -hmm. was taught to us like we learned this and we learned it under you know patriarchal and misogynist um, perspective around sex and bodies and vulvas and and so it's it's really important to remember that if you learned it you can unlearn it yeah. and so having the shame over your body isn't or your fluids also prevents you from taking up erotic space and being unapologetic right. about this type of pleasure or fluid that's coming out of you and you're right like people with penises have a lot more um, support and way less stigma um, for taking up space with their fluids and their <laughs> orgasms and, and their body parts. And we see the same thing around scent and, you know, no one's talking about how bad dick smells, but there's Ooh. like an entire industry around girlfriend, um, you know, vulvas, right? Girlfriend, and when I don't balls, know if you've ever smelled dick been out tea, there but playing I basketball. have, and Ooh. it was like Gorgonzola, and <laughs> vaginas are self-cleaning. So <laughs> there's no worry of cheese in my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, it's just... It's it's uh, sorry for throwing that soapbox at you. I was like, wait a second. Like I'm getting all these like mess. This like I'm making a mess. Questions. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. No one is talking about it from the other side. It's just so um, so one sided. Yeah, yeah, it is very one sided. It's important whether you have a penis or a vagina to be concerned about the fact that people with vaginas are shamed because your partner isn't going to be able to receive all that you want to give if they're feeling shamed. And so even if they don't express that to you, be like, hey, babe, it's okay to make a mess. I love it when it's messy. Right. You know? And just like give them permission. Right. Just get in. Let's get, ooh, let's get into it. I'm so- you know what? Per usual, Luna, you hit me with all the goodness. You get me with my visuals. I mean, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to bring back fingering. Like, I think we need to, like, start that campaign again. Um, <laughs> Make a shirt. Make a shirt. <laughs> <I> should... <laughs> we should bring that shit back because that was, that's the jam. But, Luna, I had an amazing 
per usual. And then, of course, we're going to have you on again. Uh, amazing time chatting with you. Where can we find you? And do you have any upcoming events or ways that we can support your work? Yes, yes. Um, you can find me at lunamitadas.com or lunamitadas on Instagram. And I've actually just started doing webinars. And so they're live. But if you can't make the date, I send you a recording and you get sexy homework as well. So just grab your ticket. Yes. And you can find those on my website too. I've got Kink 101 coming up next week. And then I have Sensual Sex, uh, Better Blow Jobs, and Better Hand Jobs coming up in October. Yeah. Um, and it was my pleasure. I love chatting with you. Yes. I love all the questions. Thank you to all your listeners for, um, you know, giving us this content to lift up and talk about. And, and it's so important, all the things that we talked about from technique, but also just like feeling yourself and, yes. and really being tender with your sweet self. Oh, Luna, you, it's, I have, no, I have nothing more to say. I have nothing. No, <laughs> I do have, no, because the thing is I've asked you this question. I'm going to ask you in a different context. When you are squirting or when you think you're about to get into squirting, how do you build your vagisteam? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I liked what you said about that you do this self-talk. And so I sometimes have to, like, bring myself back to you and, like, stroke that vagisteam. Yes. And, like, really just say, you know what? Like, just be here. And I come back to my breath. My yes. breath is what I start holding as soon as I start to clamp up around shame or I worry about my body or, yeah. So my vaccine really loves mindful breath. Yes. Mine does too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Luna, thank you so much for joining us again. I will put all of the information and the um, links for the, um, to your website and for the webinars on the show notes. And thank you again, Luna, uh, per usual. You're just doing amazing things, and I love talking with you. So thank you so much for making the time to be on with us. Aww, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yay!